Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. Moving, moving on to, to really the message um, that, that we have this morning. We've been um, over the next, well, last week, this week, and, and uh, the next week, we're, we're looking at those four statements which you'll see on our wall. Um, knowing God, finding freedom, discovering your purpose, and making a difference. And we've heard also we're doing that in growth track. And in fact, June is very much the, the month where we get to recalibrate, where we get to retune. I mentioned to the guys in, in growth track last week, um, just to retune in terms of what's important to us, um, what's important to church. And so our vision is that for, for all of you, that you would know God, that you would find freedom, that you would discover the purpose that God has for you. Um, and then you would not stop there but that you would go on to make a difference. And so um, Josh shared last week on, on the first two points, um, know God and find freedom. And, and today we're looking at um, discovering your purpose, the purpose that God has placed on, on your life, really the reason why you were created. And so we're looking at, at that topic this morning. Have, have any of you... Um, you might be embarrassed to put up your hands, but please don't. This is a comfortable environment. No one is going to judge you. Have, who watches X Factor or Britain's Got Talent? Or, yeah, there's quite a few of us. Come on. Are we all being honest? Come on. Come on. More than that. More than that. I'll put my hand up. I, to be honest, I haven't really watched in the last five years, but... Um, Years before that, I was quite avid watcher, really, um, and really did enjoy it. And, and if we've watched it, I'm sure all of us have at least watched an episode. You've probably, um, well, the part that I enjoy most is, is the early auditions. Um, and the show's good too, but it's really the early auditions where you have these people coming on and saying, I was born to be a star. Um, you know, they're doing the introduction and they're saying, my name's Stephen, I was born to sing. Um, and of course, then they, then they sing. Um, and, and, you know, sometimes embarrassed and sometimes they, they, they're great, but um, a lot of the time embarrass themselves. And it makes good TV, doesn't it? Um, it really is entertaining. Uh, people who really think they've discovered their purpose, but actually we know when we're watching it, that, that is not their purpose. You see, we all do have a purpose, but um, I know for, for sure mine is not to sing. And I'm sure there's a few of us in the room that can echo that. Well, my favorite though, my favorite of all time before I move on was, he actually made it to the live shows as well, was Wagner, the Brazilian guy. Do, who remembers that? Who remembers him? Absolutely shocking. And I don't know how he made it through so far, but I loved it because I could tease Alini about the Brazilian talent, you know, and it was an embarrassment for her. But uh, Wagner, there you go. Wagner definitely was not born uh, to sing. And so God has created um, every one of us with a purpose. Um, it may not be the one that we necessarily think or we are chasing, um, but God has created each one of us with a purpose. Um, if you look at the, the dictionary definition for purpose, it says this, the reason for which something is created or for which something exists. So we could say it, the reason why you were created or the reason why you exist. Do you know what that is? Do you know what that is? 
why were you born? Why did God create you? Why do you exist? And, you know, God does want us to discover our purpose. Um, He doesn't want us to choose a purpose which we like. It's not determined by us, but it's about us discovering the purpose that God created us for. You see, God is not in your life to help you pursue your vision, but he's in your life to accomplish his vision through you. I'll say that again. He's not in your life to help you pursue your own vision that you've created, but he's, he's, he wants to accomplish his vision through you. Proverbs 19 verse 21 uh, says this, Many are the plans in a man's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. I love that verse because we do make our own plans, don't we? But really, it's, it's God's plans. It's God's purposes that are the ones that will never be shaken. It's God's purposes that are the ones that will prevail. And we can make that choice to, to live out His purpose. Or we can make the choice to, to not live out His purpose. And we see examples of, of both of those situations in the Bible. Um, there's verses in the Bible in Acts 13.36 which says that it records that David was a man who accomplished God's purpose in his generation. Isn't that a great statement to make uh, over the life of David? He accomplished God's purpose in his generation. We read of stories of guys like Moses who, who had a purpose. He, he was obviously adopted into Egyptian royalty and living the life of a prince. But God had a purpose and he made a decision to say, I'm stepping out of all the, the, the blessings and the privileges of, of Egyptian royalty and I'm going to stand up for my people. I'm going to lead them out of slavery in the land of Egypt because God had a purpose. And yet we, we, we do read, um, in, there's this verse that I came across as I was preparing for this message that I've probably not focused on much before. Um, and it's in Luke 7.30, and it says this about the Pharisees. And we know the Pharisees or the teachers of the law um, in, in the New Testament, in Jesus' times, um, were obviously a little bit on the wrong track. And it says this about them. It says, the Pharisees and the experts in the law rejected God's purpose for themselves. And so it's possible for us to be purposed to do something and reject that purpose in, in, in favor of our own plans, in favor of what we would prefer to do rather than fulfill uh, God's purpose. And there's a, there's, there's a lot in that. So today I want to challenge you. Are you going to accept God's purpose? Are you going to search for God's purpose on your life? Or are you going to push back on it? It's certainly our desire in in Arena Church that you discover your purpose. In fact, it's a natural progression. We've spoken about those steps. When you know God, when you find freedom, can I say it's a natural progression if you know God and you found freedom to want to discover your purpose, the reason why God created you. And so I I want to just share a little bit from uh, from a passage in in, in John chapter 4. Um, and we're going to be reading in verses 27 through 35. So if you've got your um, Bibles, you can turn to that. It is going to come up on the screen uh, as well. Um, and, and this is what it says. Well, let me, let me state just before that. You see, I think it's easy um, in church, when we come to church, when we're talking about purpose, um, to, to think, well, Stephen's the pastor. He's the campus pastor. 
He's talking about purpose. All he wants me to do is get to work. And can I say that that's not the only reason why I'm preaching this message? It's not only that we we need more volunteers to sign up, that we need people to do things in the church. Far from it. Do we need people? We, We do need people. But that's not the reason why we preach this message. You see, if you discover your purpose, it actually leads to a benefit for yourself. It actually leads to you being more fulfilled. It, it leads to you being more strengthened. And it's beneficial to you. So can we just preface before we read this, this section of scripture, um, that statement. It's for your benefit. John 4.27 um, says this, and this is the story of, of, of Jesus when he spoke to, he was speaking to the, the lady, the Samaritan lady at the well. His disciples, they had come to this well and his disciples had gone into town to get food. And, and Jesus struck up a conversation with this Samaritan woman who he, he really shouldn't have been uh, speaking to um, at the time. But listen to this from verse 27. Just then his disciples returned and they were surprised to find him talking with a woman. But no one asked, what do you want or why are you talking to her? Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, come and see the man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? So they came out of the town and and made their way towards him. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, rabbi or teacher, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. And then his disciples said to each other, but confused really, could someone have brought him food while we were in town? And then he said this, he said this, my food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Don't you have a saying, it is still four months until harvest. I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. And really just focusing in on that Verse in, in verse 34, I, I love this. It says, my food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Can we talk about food for a moment? Any objections to us talking about food? I love talking about food. I, I love food. What is the main, what, what's the main purpose of food? Fuel, energy, yeah? Anything else? To keep you alive, yeah, to sustain us, to give us strength. There's, there's another part of it too, really. It, it's, yes, it is, just, it is fuel, um, but it's also fulfillment, isn't it? That God has, has gifted us with that ability to, to taste those tastes, to enjoy the process of, of, of eating. Um, I'm so glad that we don't have to just fill in at a petrol station and, and get a, you know, a, a little bit of a fill-up from a petrol station uh, and then go more because we can actually sit down and actually enjoy those tastes. Uh, whether it's the Mexican... I'm on a bit of a Mexican thing at the moment and, oh, I love Mexican food and we've not had it for a while, but suddenly I'm... Mm, it's like almost a pregnancy craving, but I'm not pregnant. I just I have this craving for, for Mexican food. Um, love it. So, you know, food itself brings fulfillment, those tastes, those flavors, it's an enjoyment, but it also brings strength, fulfillment and strength. And, and obviously in this section of scripture, um, Jesus was not talking about a physical food, was he? 
he was talking about a spiritual food. And it's the same with that spiritual food that, that Jesus was talking about, which brings fulfillment. It's pleasurable to, to do God's will, to fulfill God's purpose. But it also brings strength and nourishment to our spiritual man. So it's this exactly what physical food does. So this spiritual food that, that Jesus was talking about also is fulfilling. It's pleasurable, but it gives us strength um, as individuals. You see, doing the will of the one who sent me, when Jesus was talking about that, he's basically saying fulfilling God's purpose for my life. We're all part of the work that, that God is doing on earth. And Jesus was more aware of this than anyone. He was aware of the fact that he was part of God's master plan. Uh, in fact, when he was 12 years old, if you know the story about when they, they went down um, d- out of town and, and, and they were coming back home, and, and of course, Jesus had stayed in the temple in Jerusalem speaking to the teachers of the law, and his parents lost him and didn't know where he was, and um, they eventually tracked him down, and he said, didn't you know I was, about, I was to be about my father's business? So even as a young boy of 12 years old, Jesus had that in his head. He knew what his father's business was. He knew what his purpose was. And that's really what, what drove him. And, and you may say, well, that's Jesus. How can I relate to that? Well, Jesus said this, as the father sent me, he said, so I sent you. So as the father sent Jesus, so we are also sent. In other words, we have a purpose. We're part of the master plan. Um, not the same role as Jesus. Obviously, he had his unique role. But we have a part to play, nevertheless. And I know for, for me, and I, I hope it's for you, that, that you can say, I want to surrender. That I want to be part of God's plan. Whatever he has for me. You see, there's this, um, in, in, I suppose in real life, um, we think maybe if we sit on the, te- on the, on the sofa watching television uh, for six hours versus going out and actually doing something, maybe doing something useful um, that God has purposed for us, maybe ba- baking a cake for your new neighbor, uh, writing a card to somebody who most needs it. Let me tell you, you'll come away from do- far, far more fulfilled and strengthened from doing that than from sitting six hours on the sofa. Yeah? Doing God's purpose. It's this strange thing. Expending energy doing God's purpose actually leaves you in a position of of greater strength afterwards because you're fulfilling um, the purposes of God. In fact, if you want to be happy, um, if you want to find, you know, if you want to be that person that lies down on their bed at night and is happy and fulfilled, it's found in the purposes of God for your life. It's found in the purposes of God for your life. Francis Asprey, who was one of the, the founding, um, founding guys in the, of the Methodist Church in America, um, said this. He said this, this quote. He said, Though the devil attacks you on a thousand sides, you will never be happier than when you're doing the work of the Lord. Can I say that? This message is, is not just to motivate people to, to step up and volunteer in the church. That's great if you do. But more than anything, we want you to find God's purpose. 
We want you to, to find that sweet spot where you say, I know what God's called me to do. I'm doing it. I'm running with it. And I can lie on my bed at night knowing that I am doing what God has called me to do. That's where the joy is. That's where the sweet spot is of, of finding your purpose in life. You see, there's something that we're all, in a general sense, that we're called to, to spread the message um, of Jesus Christ. But there's also an individual sense where we each have a role to play. And I just want to today touch on, on just three quick parts um, of, of really that would help you discover your purpose. And, and to be honest with you, I would encourage you, if you don't know what your purpose is, to come along to Growth Week, uh, week three, because we really get into a lot of the, the nitty-gritty of, of you as an individual. You do your, your little surveys and you know, what, what, what makes you tick and what your talents are, and you fill out and you do all the questions and you grade yourself, and you, it really gives you a very good indication of, of what your, your, your giftings are. And, and so I'd encourage you to come along to that. But I just want to really make three points today when we're talking about purpose. Our purpose is, is linked into three things. First of all, the fact that, that he made you. Psalm 139, 13 and 14 says, For you created me in my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Isn't it wonderful to know that, that he's talking about us, that we are God's wonderful creation. You are God's wonderful creation. He made you with a personality. He made you individual just as you are. We're all different, aren't we? Every single one of us. We've got the bubbly ones, Joanna. We've got the more quiet ones, Nathan. No. We've got all sorts of personalities. And we should celebrate the fact that we're individual. We're not all created to be the same person. Patrick has his own unique personality. Dennis has his own unique, each one of us have our own unique personality and we should celebrate that. Accept who you are. Don't try to be someone else. He made you the way you are. He made you the way you are. Can we just dwell on that point for a while? Because you know, we all struggle with that. We all struggle with that. I know I've struggled with that. And um, I think, well, let me say most of us struggle with that. If you don't, God bless you. But we always look out and we think, well, we feel inadequate. But we look at others and we say, I just, I, I'd prefer, what if I could be like them? But God made you the way you are. He made me different to, to, to Christian. You know, when we speak, we've got a different style, a different style of leadership, totally different personalities. Um, I can't try to be like him. I could never do it. And, and likewise, he, he's got totally different things to, to me. We're all different. As pastors, God can still use us, but we're different. And we should celebrate that as well. So we are, um, we are made by God. We have our personalities, our, our uniqueness. But also, secondly, um, he gifts you. You see, there's a difference between those, the personality, just those, those physical traits that we have and, and, and things like that. But when we become a Christian, when we love Jesus, when we accept Jesus into our life, and he gives us the gift of the Holy Spirit, 
then he also gifts us as Christians in unique ways. In ways that we can, over and above the natural personality, he gives us supernatural giftings that will be used for the, for the growth and for the blessing of, of other people around us. John 16 verse 7 says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It's to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And I, I never get tired uh, of talking about that, that, that verse because I love it. It's better that Jesus left so that the Holy Spirit could come. That the Holy Spirit could fill us. And we would have the very presence of God in us and giftings that the Holy Spirit gives us to be able to do amazing things, even supernatural things. And of course, 1 Corinthians 12, 7 says this, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. In different ways, if we read, read there's various passages in, in the Bible which I'm not going to go to in, in depth, but God gifts us each individually for growing the church and for his purposes. You all all there with me still? Everyone okay? So he made us in a natural way, unique and individual, but as spiritual, he gifted us and he gave us the supernatural giftings as it were. Sometimes we get scared to talk about this in church uh, because it gets a little bit um, flaky, if you can say that. You know, we, we get maybe a bit scared to talk about tongues and, and prophecy and the interpretation of tongues. It's a little bit uncomfortable. You know, that's not, that's part of it. But God has so many more giftings. Can I say, unless we embrace the giftings that he has for us, we are not going to make an impact in the world around us. You, you can try on your own naturally, and maybe you naturally you've got more strength than me, but I tell you, we can never really accomplish what God has for us unless we embrace the gifts. Did you know there's a gift of encouragement? There's a gift of giving, teaching, all of these things that, that, that's over and above just a natural. You know, we can all encourage We should all encourage. We should all give. But this is going over and beyond that. And it's saying there's actually people with a gift of encouragement. How many of you know those people? I know some. What a blessing to know that God has placed people in our church, right here in this, and I'm not going to embarrass anyone, with a gift of encouragement. Praise God for them. The gift of giving, the gift of teaching. There's, There's people that are are there with the children right now in children's ministry. They may not be on the platform with the light shining down, but they have the gift of teaching to those children. And I rejoice for that every time that my kids come home and and they've, they've learned something new in children's church because God's giftings are displayed amongst his people. Supernatural giftings. And so God not only has created us and made us, but he also gifts us. But thirdly, he places us. He places us with opportunities. He's placed you here today in this church for a reason. You know, Eleni and I are so conscious of that um, when we, you know, look at our lives and, 
if you know a little bit of our story, you know, from South Africa and Brazil and, and you know, two different sides of the world, really. Um, and God took us to Florida within the space of a few months of our, me and then her from, the other, from Brazil. And, and so he placed us for a reason. We met each other. We knew that we were placed together for a reason. Shortly after we got married, he uprooted us and took us out of there because well, he had us there, I believe, just to meet and to, 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 to marry. And, and so then he took us to Brazil and then he took us to Scotland and then he took us to Mansfield. You know, we're so conscious of the fact that God has placed us for a reason, that God has a purpose and an opportunity where he places us. But can I say to you, if you've lived in, in Mansfield your whole life, that there's no less uh, means that God has placed you here as well. Just because you've not gone across the world and lived in, in different countries and different continents, that doesn't mean he's not placed you. He's placed you here for a reason. And in many ways, you being uh, born and raised in Mansfield is even better because you, you, you know the place better, you, you understand the people better, and so you have this ability to minister in a, in a unique way where God has placed you. I love um, the story of, of Esther, Queen Esther in the Bible, and, and you, you may know the verse, but um, there's a verse that says that God... Could it be that God has appointed you to your position for such a time as this? Such a place, but also such a time as this. You see, God has his seasons of of purposing and planting us in places where we can be most effective for him. In this church, in your workplace, in your school or, or university, in your street or your neighborhood, that God has placed us. You know, Jesus was so aware of of being placed, but equally so for us that God has placed us where we are. You know, I I remember when I had um, resigned or stepped out of of leading our church in Scotland. Felt like God was moving us on to something else. We didn't know what yet. and, And so I had laid that down and, and went back to work for the bank. And it was difficult. It was a difficult thing for me because you do feel, well, you know, I'm, I'm working for God. I'm, I feel like I'm doing what God has called me to do. And God's just asking us to lay that down. And, and I remember that um, I believe it was just to encourage me in those first few weeks of me being back in my job. And, and this is no credit to me, just God opportunities to speak into people's lives. I was at my interview for the job to go back into the bank and, and sitting in the lobby and, and a guy walked down the stairs, a guy who had been in our church and we'd lost touch for maybe two or three years. And he said, Stephen, what are you doing here? And I explained to him and he said, oh, well, I work here now. And so we had a chance to like sit almost a few desks away from each other and just connect again and speak again into his life and ask him where he was with God. A God-given opportunity, God placed me back in there. A few days later, this girl came up to me and she said, I heard you were a pastor. And, um, you know, what, what's that about? Um, and she said, well, you know, I've, I've been on a journey. I was in church and I am away from church and I've been thinking that I need to get back to church. And, 
And so I was able to speak to Emma and, and direct her to a church in her local area, an Assemblies of God church, where I knew the pastor. And she started going back to church. And, and, and I just felt this joy. You know, God, God placed me there for a reason. And I'm not finished yet. And th- this is just amazing because I've worked so long in banking and, and I sometimes feel like there's no opportunities for me to share my faith. But the very next week, this guy comes up to me, um, David, and, and he says to me, Hi, I heard you were a pastor. Now you're back here as a, a, in mortgages. And, and, and he said, I've been looking for a good book. I've been reading a bit about Christian apologetics and, and I've been looking for a good book on, on pr- kind of talking about the fact that Jesus Christ was God. In other words, defending the position that Jesus Christ was actually God. And I said, well, I tell you what, I've, I've got a few books. And let me tell you, it's not very often that people come asking for those type of books. Um, and so I gave him the book and he had a chance to read it and we had a chance to talk. What I'm trying to say is not draw any credit to myself. The point is, there's places where God has placed you for a reason. And it doesn't have to be in church. In fact, sometimes the most fruitful places can be where God has placed you. In your street, in your neighborhood, in your workplace. God has placed you. And um, as I draw it to a close here, Acts 1 verse 8 says this, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in other words, in your town, in all Judea, throughout the region, in Samaria, in other words, cross-culturally, and to the ends of the world, or the ends of the earth, um, internationally, that we will be his witnesses. We will be his representatives. And we need to realize that we have purpose, that we were made, we were gifted. And we were placed. And that's each one of us. And so-